Hi there, and welcome back to my regular show. I don't dare to say weekly because I've not been very weekly recently. <laughs> but I'm looking forward to recording another show for you today. I'm on the verge of going on vacation. You may actually be returning from your holidays. I hope they were good. And of course, if you are in lockdown and there are uh, an increasing number of countries and places where people unfortunately have to go back in lockdown because of the Delta virus spreading so quickly, I know that there are many of you that are in situations where the, the, current, the, the current outlook is not very good. I hope you're safe. I hope you stay healthy. And in case you fall ill, I hope you get better soon and that the symptoms will, uh, will stay uh, moderate. And if you haven't had your vaccination yet, by all means, go get it because it will uh, heighten your... Of course, it's not a totally 100% foolproof uh, solution for everything, but that's like uh, you're stepping in a car and putting on your seatbelt. It, it, even if you get in a car crash, it, it, it may not protect you entirely, but the chances are so much better than if you're just driving without a seatbelt. That's how I look at it. So um, for those of you that are stuck at home, I hope uh, I hope this will soon be over. And uh, this show is brought to you thanks to my patrons over at patreon.com slash fatherodrick. For those of you that support me on a monthly basis, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. If you want to join that community, you get access to my Discord server and you get an extra podcast every week if I produce one weekly because I've just been insanely busy over the past weeks. So I'll tell you more about it in the new segment. But uh, as when things are normal, I do produce two shows uh, per week plus uh, an, episode, an, uh, an episode of a podcast called The Walk, which I record outside, very different from, from these kind of shows. So check it out at fatheroderick.com on Patreon. Do you know what's going on? This is what's happening in your world. Face it, Catholics rule. We got Boston, South America, the good part of Ireland, and we're making serious inroads in Mozambique, baby. You've taken your first step into a larger world. So as I said, I've been very, very busy. The renovation of my future home, the rectory in Benicom, is in full swing. We're actually approaching the final stages, which, which is super exciting. Um... I, we started this this uh, project in in April at the very at the very beginning of April. So it's almost been half a year, six months. And nobody expected this to be so uh, such a, such a huge pro uh, project. The other day, I was talking to, uh, with the, the people that are helping me, and they said we we thought we we would have some work for a, a number of weeks, but it's the end of summer. We're still working. Right now, everything upstairs is ready, except for the floors and the electricity. So most of the groundwork of the electricity has been redone, but it still needs finishing. And of course, in order to uh, put the the covers on, on the outlets and everything, and the, the lights in the ceiling, everything needs to be painted. So now that is done, the elect electrician can come in and finish upstairs. Um, and then downstairs, the kitchen is almost ready. That turned out to be the biggest puzzle of everything. Uh, it was an Ikea kitchen. I would not recommend anyone getting a kitchen at Ikea's without their installation service. And even then, I'd, I'd probably go to a more specialized uh, uh, chain of stores uh, because this this was not, uh, not, a, not a good experience. Uh, nevertheless, it's, it's, it's okay right now. Uh, still needs uh, some finishing touches, but uh, 
uh, I think once it's finished, it's going to be a really, really awesome kitchen. I can't wait to, to show you. Um, and the biggest project that we've been working on last week and the week before that was the living room. The living room was uh, uh, also a, a complicated project because it was actually divided into two by like a, a sort of wall around a chimney and a, and a, a safe, a parish safe. We removed that. But then the ceiling was also in a very, very bad uh, situation. Turns out they used all sorts of layers of paint, never really gave it much thought. And so all the paint came came off when we were trying to uh, to repaint it. And so for about a week, I've been uh, working really hard with two other people to try to remove all the old paint. And now it has to be repainted, but it turns out to be uh, a bit tricky because there's still patches of the old paint that, that shines shining through. Anyway, it's just a race against the clock because the people that are have been helping me for months now, they are going to take up some other project uh, next week. So I like, but there is this one big thing that still needs to be done. And that's the floor. When I was still in the old rectory, I had, uh, uh, I had just renovated my apartment upstairs with some new wooden floors and when a few months later I, I got noticed that I had to uh, get out of that house, I took the floor out and I brought it with me. But then, of course, the big question is, does it fit in the new in the new in the new living room? Because I, I figured, you know, those those were all smaller rooms and I had this big living room and it had partially a wooden floor, partially concrete. And uh, it was pretty uneven. So I figured you know, let's just put that wooden floor there. It will look nice. And plus, I like to have a uh, th this kind of warmer feel of a wooden floor downstairs. Upstairs is all going to be carpet. Um, it's not my favorite, but I, it's a it's a house with a big stair hallway and a staircase. And it's right now it's all um, this kind of, uh, what is it? Um, try to find the word in English, but I'm not sure. Anyway, they're just hard floors. And so there's a lot of echo in the house. And it's every room you enter, there's this kind of metallic sound, and it's very unpleasant. And knowing that I'm going to use a lot of these rooms for, for podcasting, for filming, I needed to have something that would dampen the sound. And that's why I chose uh, to put uh, carpet on, on the stairs and also on the total upper floor. So that's going to be installed in September. Uh, but then downstairs, I wanted to have that wooden floor, and then we're going to put some uh, PVC uh, tiles in the rest of the the, um, uh, the rooms and in the kitchen. Uh, and unfortunately, we did not have enough planks for the living room, so we currently ordered two more sets of planks, and that would probably cover it all. But then those have a delivery time, so we need to wait another week. So it's it's been this constant juggling around with the schedules and oh will that be done in time so we can continue this and it turns out i think everything is going to be all right but next week i'll be on vacation i'll be in france i'm currently preparing for this uh summer holiday this little it's just 10 days so it's not much we're going to the to auvergne to the south of well it's kind of the middle the southern part of the middle of france uh and i'm going with father henry and father harry and father michelle uh, so I won't be here to monitor and also to kind of manage the the renovation. So these past few days have been extremely hectic where you try to put every, everything in place so that when I'm gone, the work can continue. Because if it, if it doesn't and I come back, 
Well, it's almost time to move in. I, I really hope that uh, at the beginning of October, I can move into my new home. So everything needs to be ready. And then it will have been, what is it? April, May, June, July, August, September. Yeah, it would be exactly six months that I've been staying here in the loft uh, of Father Henry's rectory. Uh, I think half a year is enough. <laughs> I need to get back to work. So... It's been, and, and, and the reason that I, uh, I, I couldn't uh, record any podcasts, right? I tried. It, uh, I think I, I did manage to record an episode of The Walk every, every week because that's what I do anyway. So uh, that, that's how I kind of keep in contact with you. But these regular shows, it's just, these require quite, quite a bit of uh, preparation. And I just didn't have the time. And I, I chose to could put my focus on on what needs to be done right now so that later on I I don't have that. I've, I, if I calculate the number of hours that I've put into this whole renovation project and all the worries that, that accompanied it, it's just insane. It's like more than half of my time went into this. So I, I'm looking forward to having all this spare time once once I've moved in and, and all this is behind us. It's a ton of work, but I think the result will be worth it. <laughs> not like movies. They're predictable. Like, the guy gets the girl and that kid sees dead people and Darth Vader is Luke's father. Not liking movies is like not liking puppies. They're fine. I just get bored and never make it to the end. You know, you need a movie education. You need a movication. I'm going to give it to you. So I finally got to see Black Widow, the newest movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Black Widow takes place uh, a little bit before the events that we've seen in the last few movies. So it takes us back in time and it tells a story right between the moment that the Avengers falls apart, the group falls apart because of all the tension that they have uh, during the Civil War. And uh, we follow the character of the Black Widow, uh, Natasha Romanoff. And she's been the only character... I think of the, of the of the the Avengers uh, plus the the dude with the bow and arrow that that didn't have her own standalone movie. We've got Thor who who got like two or three movies. Um, the Iron Man who's got, had a ton of of movies. The Hulk. All of them had so much exposure. But the the one of the few female heroes of the Avengers didn't have her own story. And we knew that there was an interesting backstory because we've seen some glimpses of her past. She's been raised as a special agent in the Soviet Union and um, was part of a, I think, like genetically modified or at least trained group of, uh, of young girls that were meant to be spies and special agents all over the world. And this movie gives us much more backstory and also shows her uh, us uh, her family, which is something I really enjoyed of this movie. It introduces her to to uh, us to to her sister, um, who I think is going to pick up the torch because, well, for story reasons, which I won't spoil in case you haven't seen all these movies yet, um, the Black Widow herself, Natasha Romanoff, will not be uh, in the future of the MCU. But her sister, maybe. And so this was also a nice bridge movie. Actually, I think the movie was just as much about her sister and her family as it was about her. Um, But it definitely gave her a much more, I don't know, uh, human backstory. And 
I thought the way they executed it was really, really good. I've I've so enjoyed this movie. Um, you may only know the, the the Black Widow movie because of the the recent um, controversy uh, because of a lawsuit that was filed by uh, what's her name, um, <clears throat> the actress who plays the Black Widow. Um, escapes me right now but anyway she filed a lawsuit with uh with disney because originally she was supposed to uh get extra money based on um scarlett johansson of course uh based on a theatrical release but because of covid because of the whole situation and also because of the success of disney plus disney decided to co-release the movie in theaters but also on disney plus and you had to pay this extra fee uh which they tried out first for mulan and apparently this was very successful they made a ton of extra money on all the disney plus subscribers um so you could also see it online but according to scarlett johansson's lawsuit or lawyer um she did didn't get anything extra for that plus the release on disney plus may have um hampered the success in theaters because a lot of theaters are still um, closed or partially open. So I, I think, you know, I can understand that if this is a breach of contract that you need to, uh, you, you need to do something to come. Maybe you will not win it, but you can come to an agreement. Also because Scarlett Johansson knows that she has no future in the MCU anymore. So this is kind of her last stand. She, if she's got nothing to lose. So I, I understand that from a, um, uh, what is it, uh, a lo- uh, ah, legal point of view, <laughs> she, she's just going to try to get, to get something out of this. And um, I, I think that's, get, that's understandable because um, she's been a very, very important character uh, and, and part of the incredible money-making success of, of uh, the Avengers for disney and only now she gets her movie so yeah and and then the, the, i think the black widow movie has been postponed um, multiple times we should have seen this actually even before we saw wandavision and captain america and the Fal- winter F- uh, soldier or the falcon and the winter soldier i should say um story-wise this was supposed to be the first the first time we we get introduced into the the whole future of the of the MCU, um, so with all those delays and now with this uh, uh, joint release on Disney Plus, I think uh, I think I understand why she's uh, she's not happy with the current the current situation. Anyway, but that's let's focus on the story itself. Um, I love the humor in it. The action is fantastic. There's a lot of really great choreography, um, but the movie also has a lot of heart. And um, the story itself reminded me, the first part of the story reminded me very much of The Americans. Uh, if you if I haven't finished that series, but it's a fantastic series. I think it is on, on Amazon Prime, but I may be mistaken. It's about this sleeper cell, a, a, an American family that isn't actually American. It's just a, a, a two Russian spies that have integrated in society and we know that this happens in real life as well and and nobody knows that that they are russian agents and they even formed a family had kids and everything but it was all for show it was all to cover up their uh their activities as spies well here uh turns out that uh 
there is a uh, MCU equivalent of that. And it's much more dangerous because we're talking not just about regular spies, but we're talking about super spies and super agents with incredible uh, uh, destructive powers. So uh, I really like that, that the, the, again, the, uh, this movie kind of takes some, some real-life elements and, and weaves a new story around it. Um, I, I think the acting was, was also really enjoyable. I love that the, we get to meet the parents or the so-called parents, the fake parents of Scarlett Johansson's uh, character and her sister, um, and the the husband is played by the guy who is the beard, uh, the the big sheriff in the um, in Stranger Things, and and he is just so incredibly funny. At uh, some point, it made me also think of the dynamics of of um, uh, the Incredibles, the Pixar movies. Uh, because it's all about the family dynamics, and it's it's a very very reminiscent. And of course, that Pixar is also Disney property, so they can they can steal story elements of that. Um, but if you haven't seen it yet, uh, or if you want to wait for the the regular release on Disney Plus, it's it's definitely worth your time. So go check it out. <laughs> Catholics rock. It's time for a short visit to the Peculiar Bunch. This is a place where I tell you everything you always wanted to know about Catholics, but you were afraid to ask. Catholics can be a peculiar bunch. No meat on Friday. No meat? What do they eat? Light bulbs? And every once in a while, I'll try to answer questions that are asked to me in the uh, faith question section on the Discord server of my patrons. Man... You guys got more crazy rules than Blockbuster Video. Today I want to talk a little bit about a question that was asked by Graham in, um, in, in the, in the, on the Discord server. And Graham writes, I've got two daughters. One is seven and a half years old. One is three and a half years old. That I'm starting to get back to church now that things are easing. And there is capacity again. Of course, he's referring to the COVID crisis. And uh, a lot of churches closed their doors and only went online. And uh, even when the churches opened, they couldn't fill to full capacity because of the distancing that is still required. Now, he's bringing back his daughters to church. The eldest daughter is content with children's liturgy worksheets during Mass. But the youngest is not engaging with coloring in sheets at all. Any thoughts about other activities or links to resources that she might like so she can do something in the pew. Um, it's just me as my wife is taking services in her church whilst we are at Mass. So that is, a, a, I think, a very recognizable question for many of you who have who are parents and have had little children and wanted to take them to church or to a theater or a, a, a movie theater or, or any place where children need to behave and be silent. Now, of course, there are multiple options. One is to try to master the art of wrangling octopuses, because that's basically what little kids are. Um, and, and that is a futile, I mean, they're worse than the Borg. Resistance is futile. It's only going to usually make things worse, uh, because if you punish the ch children or you, you you're, um, get mad at them, then they get annoyed. Plus, it will also create bad memories about being in church, which is, I think, something as a parent you want to you avoid. 
you want to, uh, if you take your kids to church, make sure it's always a positive experience because that is something that they will remember much longer than, you know, the, the little behavioral problems that may have occurred. In fact, sometimes you will recall them later with them and, and laugh about them. Sorry about that. I'm a little bit allergic to all the the paint in the uh, during the renovation. And so I visited the house this morning and it was a lot of dust and they've just been painting uh, the walls. And, and my nose does not like it. So it's currently, uh, yeah. <laughs> just like little kids, you know, they get snotty noses and everything. So the second option is to try to keep to distract them. And this, that's... I've, uh, apparently what Graham has been doing. Um, and, and of course, with children that are a little bit older, especially if they're more, they like reading, for instance, or they like stories, you can give them a booklet that they can, um, that they can look through. Um, some churches will also uh, organize activities for children during the Liturgy of the Word. So they will have their own uh, little group during part of the Mass where they will read the Bible readings or, or just the Gospel, um, but they will do it in, in, in a form that is more, uh, more appropriate for the kids, easier to understand, and they may, might have a little discussion about it. i got to sneeze again. Achoo! <laughs> okay, it's not COVID. Don't worry. <laughs> I've had these attacks... Uh, several times over the past weeks and it was every time when I visited the the old the new rectory so but the, the distracting kids even the, um, the liturgy of the word for kids it's sometimes a little bit above the pay grade of the uh, the smaller children like three and a half years old now of course another option is to leave them at home but that's not always possible like uh, Graham says if if, if you have uh, other obligations elsewhere or the partner has other obligations elsewhere then there's nobody at home so you have you have no choice or you can skip mass altogether but that's probably not a good idea either so what do you do in that case well some churches will also organize uh, something for the smaller kids and you know just making sure that they're safe and that they have some toys to play with. Nothing special. I, in fact, I would always recommend parishes that are in, in, a, in a, a neighborhood with lots of families to provide that service. It's, it's not, not necessarily just for the kids, but most for the parents so that they can benefit and they can have some peace of mind when they are at Mass. After all, this is a very important time for them in their own lives. They're very you know, responsible for these young children that they need to raise. So they can use these moments of peace and you want to kind of liberate the, the parents if, if only once a week from their constant vigilance of having to watch these kids. So if parishes can organize it, um, then I'd say definitely do so because it's a, it's a great present that you give to any parent. Um, if all fails and you have no other option than to take your children to church uh what do you do with the little ones maybe they even run they start you know walking away and then you have to run after them and if you you try to chase one kid then the other kid runs away <laughs> and if you try to rein them in they start to yell and cry uh and some parents feel extremely upset about that and and embarrassed and it may actually make actually uh, make it harder for them to to go to church um First of all, if, if you're in that case, I would always say, don't worry about it. We've all been ch little children, 
And many of us have been in churches when we were too small to understand what was going on. And we may have also made noise and, and, and said in, un, inappropriate things. I, I think that uh, my mom told me once that I, I started uh, yelling a, a very alarmed at one point during Mass, and I was pointing at the priest who was uh, uh, using frankincense to uh, incense the altar, you know, right before the the Eucharistic part of the Mass. And uh, I said, the, the, that woman has her her um, her dress is on fire. I was afraid that there was a fire in church. Well, of course, you know, all, all, all uh, religious thoughts and, and pious prayer is gone at that moment when a kid starts yelling that. So we, we've, be, we've all been there. And some adults forget that and they get mad. And I would never... Uh, I would never accept that. If people would uh, would start to berate me or berate my children, I don't have children, but if I were a parent and some fellow parishioners would uh, yell at them because they were not quiet, I would definitely push back on that. I would say, come on, the <laughs> look at what Jesus does in the gospel. Let the children come to me. Those children were not praying the rosary when he said that. So uh, the children are an integral part, as they are. They don't have to behave like adults. But as children, they're an integral part of the people of God and of the congregation. So they should be just as welcome as anyone else. Uh, no one has more privileges because just because of their age. Uh, so that's something that I, th- I hope that parishes will understand and, and people in the pews will also understand, uh, that you have to have a certain leniency. Plus, if you're going to make a ruckus about someone else's kids because it disturbs you, then I'm, I'm like, okay, I don't give a dime for your spirituality. If, if it can't, if a few small children can keep you away from God, then your relationship with God is in trouble. <laughs> That's what I think. So, um, I'd say, plus I think it's a, it's an invitation to have some patience. And uh, the more you berate the parents the more they feel bad about it the more it just just creates a lot of unhappiness you don't want that well what is another trick that you could do if you don't have any you know booklets that they could read i'd say a a a good uh a good thing maybe to bring some toys uh some puppets you know some or dolls or something like that and you give the, the child like a, a a mission like you got to teach the the your doll to to behave in church let her be the leader you know try to put her in a position of being a parent sometimes that's a trick that works with kids and then all of a sudden you know like tell help your doll to understand what's going on in church and if you don't know then ask me you know you can turn that into a little educational moment that may work with with uh, girls. I don't know if that works with uh, with boys. I would say, um, if you take toys with you to the church, make sure that they're not loud and that they are not battery powered, so that they can switch them on and, uh, <laughs> and create a lot of extra noise. Um, another uh, uh, way to involve them is to sit very close to the altar. So I, I, I always love it when chi- when parents with children, and they may not dare to do that because they are afraid that if, if the children misbehave, then if they're in front of the church, it, it'll be even more visible. So 
a lot of parents tend to choose the, the, the back pews in church. But what does that do for the kid? The church is already so much bigger in their experience than it is for us. But, and it makes it so big and, and uh, impersonal. And, and they don't know what's going on. They can't. They have nothing to look at. So I always would say bring your children to the very first pew if you can. And put them there. If you have a pastor who's good with kids, ask them if, if there is a way in which the kids can participate. If only a few moments during Mass or that he can speak with them. Little things. I know that as a child I was always sitting in front in the very first pews of the church so I could see. And there was always something going on. That's the great advantage of Catholic liturgy. There's always movement. There's always you know, symbolic stuff. So that may also work. Another trick... Yeah, which I don't know if it works uh, for a long time, but it's to take binoculars with you. So give the kid a pair of children's binoculars and just let them look at things. Just, there's in the, in the Catholic Church, there's a lot to see, especially if you have frescoes and everything and stained glass windows. And, and lots of kids will just be content just getting, getting closer to the action. So instead of... of uh, distracting them from what's happening you focus them on what is happening so that may also be a way to do if uh if a um uh parish has a children's choir um maybe see if the if the young children can join that choir as well maybe they can't sing because they can't read yet but you can give them a musical instrument or something like that there's so many things that you can do so uh but or just having well the one with the doll or, or the, I don't know, stuffed bear or whatever, that, that often can also help. Uh, but make sure that the child understands that even the stuffed animal is, is participating in, it, in something and that the child is responsible for it. Those are some, some, some tricks, uh, some tips that I would give. I'm sure that many of you have other tips. So if you're part of the Discord community, by all means, help Graham uh, to help his daughters. And if all fails and it's just going to be this, this, this disaster, kids can be like that. Just think, this too shall pass. When did you become an expert in thermonuclear astrophysics? Last night. The packet. The extraction theory papers. Am I the only one who did the reading? I'm currently... Uh, reading books while I'm running. I'm, I'm training for a marathon, and so I'm now at the stage where I'm doing these very, very long runs. Sometimes it's three hours. Tomorrow I've got to, I've got to run 27, 27 kilometers. So tomorrow I'm also leaving for France. <laughs> that is a, that's quite a challenge. But I cannot skip these longer runs because if I, if I do, uh, I'm going to be in big trouble with the buildup of strength and speed. So um, the only choice I have is to wake up super early and do my three hours uh, of running. Now, during a race, of course, I would focus on speed and I don't want to be distracted. But these longer training runs, I just want to do something more than just running. And so I listen to audiobooks. So recently, I've discovered that um, uh, I was also always using, of course, the Amazon Kindle store. And if you follow me on social media, you, you'll often see the 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 sales or special offers that I discover, I share them with my followers. Um, and Amazon has, of course, also owns Audible. And Audible is one of the biggest distributors of audiobooks uh, in the world. 
And oftentimes, if you buy the ebook on Amazon, you can get the audiobook version for much less than if you would pay pay for it. Um, and even the I don't really like the Audible system where where you get the credits every month. And I think it's very expensive. And you can only get to listen for for so-called free, uh, you know, one book per month or something like that. I I really hope that for those of you that are in, in North America, that Storytel will make it there. It's uh, still expanding. It started in Sweden and it's now already present in a number of European countries. Um, it may also be in Australia. I'm not sure. But anyway, it's, it's a really good because it's a kind of a subscription model. I like that. You pay... I pay twelve ninety nine per month, which is hefty compared to Netflix and other services. Um, it's the most expensive subscription that I currently have, but you get to listen to any anything you want. Plus, they have a ton of of ebooks. But so I was always looking there for audiobooks, and um, the uh, the only downside is that they don't have everything. Um, Storytel has a a number of deals with big publishers, but there are also a number of publishers that are absent, like Penguin Books uh, and some other ones. So not all my the books that I want to read are available. So I recently discovered uh, that Google, on their Google Play Store, also has e-books. And I never really gave it much much thought because I Google is, is, has never been part of my reading ecosystem. I never launch a Google app to go read a book because I read mostly on a Kindle when it comes to written content or I listen to, you know, my phone. And why would I go buy audiobooks on various different services? However, I was so I was looking for uh, the Wheel of Time books because I'm currently working my way through the series. Um, I'm halfway through the third book. And those are very expensive. Well, very. They're pretty expensive. Even on the on the Kindle store, they had some a sale on the first few books, but then the rest of the books are like twelve bucks a piece, um, and and there are like fourteen books, so that's quite a big amount. Um, and I was like, well, wait a minute. Let me check. Let me check. Let me check the ebook section on on the Google Play Store, and I discovered that all the the Wheel of Time books were heavily discounted more than they were than they had been on Kindle. Uh, so I could pick up most books for $2.99, $3.99 at max. So I bought the entire series for 50 bucks. That is more than half what I would what I, than what I would pay on on the Kindle store. And it's the same books. These are all sold DRM free. And so I was like, man, <laughs> I, I wish I'd discovered this earlier. I also saw that they have um, Brian Sanderson, who, who actually finished the last few books of the Wheel of Time series, he also has al- almost all of his books, like the Mistborn trilogy, which is one of his best works, also uh, on the Google Play Store, and it's so much cheaper. You can pick up the entire trilogy of the Mistborn series for just eleven bucks. That is, again, so cheap compared to the Kindle Store. Now, but this is what is most interesting: is that and this is different from the Kindle store, the Google Audio, the Google Play app for books can also read the books to you. Man, I don't know what's going on with my nose right now, but uh, (laughs) the floodgates have opened. 
Sorry about that. The mental image for those of you that have visual imagination. <sighs> so you can actually start m most books. You can, you can have your app read them to you. That is, if you have an Android phone. I tried this on the iPad and it doesn't work. So Apple has un disabled that. Or maybe they forced, because of their terms of service, they, they forced Google to disable that in the, in the iOS app. So for me, that is a huge boon of having an Android phone. Because while I'm running, I can just launch any ebook and have the Google app read it to me. And it is quite well. It's not as good as the built-in uh, Alexa voice. Uh, so if this, if you ask Alexa to read an ebook, it will also work most of the time. And this also works on iOS. The, and, and, and Alexa is, is really, really good at reading books. It's almost as if you're listening to a, a, a genuine audiobook. So with the Google Voice, it's a little bit more robotic. But I, I kind of zone out anyway. After a while, I'm just focusing on the story, and I don't really care about the intonation or whatever. Um, so that's most mostly what I'm doing, and I'm, I really enjoy it. Uh, another di disadvantage of like a robotic voice that reads it to you is you can't speed it up, which is what I do a lot with Storytel. Uh, I'm currently li listening to Matthew Walker's book on sleep, which is called uh, Why We Sleep, Unlocking the Power of Sleep and Dreams. Fascinating book, uh, but it's long. It's about eight, nine hours. So I, I listen to that at, at twice the speed, which at first is a bit kind of disconcerting, but you, you quickly get used to it. And that's how I can work my way through that book in a relatively short time. Reading would be even faster, just regular reading. But, you know, I'm, I'm out there running anyway for several hours every time. So I uh, might as well uh, work my way through some interesting books. And that's ultimately what I wanted to uh, review here in the book section. Uh, this is a book that you have to read. I rarely say that of any book, but this has taught me so much about the importance of sleep. So again, the book is called Why We Sleep, Unlocking the Power of Sleep and Dreams. Now, the the title in Dutch is just sleep, which I think is actually more accurate uh, because the, the English title, you know, Unlocking the Power of Sleep and Dreams, that sounds a little bit esoteric. What And, and it, 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 uh, it hides the fact that this is a very rigorous scientific book uh, or at least scientifically researched book. It's very accessible. Uh, Matthew is a, is a great storyteller, and he's very good at summarizing uh, what normally would be very dry scientific data, but he he makes it very relevant. And, of course, this is about something that we all deal with on a daily basis, and sometimes even more than daily, sleep. And this book has convinced me, I've also shared this in my podcast, A Walk, that I if there's one thing that I need to work on and protect, it is my sleep. It's even more important than physical exercise. So I've been doing that for a number of weeks since I started reading the book, and the the, the fruits have been amazing. This is such a game changer in, in how I feel, the energy that I have. But more important than that, just the clarity of mind and the creativity and the, the memory ability. I was always... Like thinking, well, I'm get, just getting older. I'm starting to forget stuff. And what I did not realize is that my, and now that I'm advancing in age, my sleep quality, my overall sleep quality goes down. It does not necessarily have to be a problem unless you 
you kind of disregard that and you think, well, older people just don't need as much sleep, which is totally not true. You need maybe even more sleep. Um, but if you if you work on your sleep and you try to optimize as much as possible the circumstances uh, while sleeping, um, it can, it, I don't know, I just feel like reborn. It's incredible how much of a, uh, a difference it makes, even in the smaller things like remembering I'm like I'm studying Spanish now. And I, I was always thinking I'm a little bit older, so it's harder to remember things. Uh, remember vocabularies. So I'm training myself with uh, an app to to rehearse words and everything. Um, but now that I sleep eight hours every night and I try to make the quality of the sleep as, as good as possible, I, it, learning Spanish is so easy. It's a piece of cake. It's it's uh, again, it's a game changer. So definitely go check it out. And if you don't want to read the entire book because it's very you know it's a thick book entertaining and very enlightening but still not all of you have that time then then look up some videos that summarize it or look for uh like a you have these services or some some uh, uh websites that will give you a summary of the book it, it's definitely worth investing in 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 knowing more about sleep because it's something we all do it's something that we often have trouble with and i just had no idea how important all these different phases of sleep uh, REM sleep, the deep sleep, the the dreams. The, there's just so much going on in your in your brain, and and sleep is so vital for your psychological processes, for your the way you process emotions, the way you store information, learning, creativity, thinking outside the box. Ah, oh man, I, I, I'm so glad that I discovered this book. Definitely worth your time. Again, Why We Sleep, Unlocking the Power of Sleep and Dreams by Matthew Walker. A scientifically wonderful world of science. What sort of science? Welcome back, science friends. Hey, it's time to travel to Mars again. And uh, at first I, was, <clears throat> I wanted to mention again that I'm so excited about that Mars helicopter that is still flying around. It exceeds everyone's. Uh, expectations what this thing can do it has gone even higher than it ever did before it took some photos of the surface of mars where the lander is uh is sitting and it's not the most exciting part of mars it's kind of flat you don't see the beautiful vistas that we saw in the movie the martian uh, with matt damon but it's of course because they wanted to find a safe place for this uh, uh, uh mars lander uh, to be and you you don't want to be in the middle of mountains because you, then you can't get anywhere it's too dangerous um, so it's it's funny to see in these uh, overhead uh, photos that the helicopter makes that the lander itself is just this tiny speck at the on the horizon I never thought that that we could fly this this well and this much so that is for the team that has built the helicopter and is currently uh, coming up with new missions because they they never expected it to to uh to still function um uh they they are super super happy with the results and so am i now of course the the one of the purposes of this this particular marsh lander was to examine microbiological traces to to see if 
life has been or still is present on Mars. If it is, then that, of course, would also tell us a lot about the rest of the universe and about the chances that there is much more than just human and animal life on this Earth. Um, even though we would never really make first contact because, well, there is just no solar system close by enough for us to... to to travel to it's impossible um and, and we're not we don't live in in a science fiction world where we can invent a warp drive or anything but it, it's it just changes i think our, our entire uh concept of the world that we live in and it may also influence and impact our theology and our the way that we think about god who is the creator of all this but anyway it still needs to be proven that 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 life exists actually on another another planet and so in order to find these traces of microbacterial life or whatever, or traces of, of the, f um, the kind of the ingredients that are necessary for life, uh, this Mars rover was supposed to gather pieces of rock. And it has a very sophisticated drill with it and then some containers where it can store these rocks that will drill out so that with uh, um, a, a future lander, these these capsules can be retrieved and brought back to Earth where they can be researched because, of course, we don't have a base of researchers on Mars anytime soon. So it's easier to go pick them up and fly them back. So they were digging that first hole and they were... Of course, you got to imagine that you're digging up rocks that maybe a future generation will be able to hold here on Earth. So just the historical aspect or, or nature of this of this first probe was so overwhelming and so the the the, the scientists were like waiting with with eagerness and abated breath to see if it would work and at first when it drilled into the ground and it, it tried to gather the stuff in the container everything worked well so technically there was nothing going wrong as at first they were super excited and then they did some more measurements, and it turns out the container was empty. And so was the hole. So they peeked out with the camera inside the hole that, that the Mars rover uh, drilled. And there was nothing in the hole as well. So it was like, where's the rock? It's just, it's gone. It's, it's, it's not in the container. It's not in the hole. It's not next to the hole. Where, where did it go? And, and they were like panicking and was like, what is going on? Did we make a mistake? And... But very, very quickly, they kind of changed their mindset to more, you know, what scientists do. Let's figure this out. Let's find uh, what's, what's truly going on. And ultimately, they have concluded that, well, there's only one explanation that makes sense. And no, it's not that there are Martians that actually snuck up to the Mars rover and, and stole the, the piece of rock during the night when the cameras were off. No, that only happens in, uh, in our minds. No, the... the, the the explanation is very simple. The rock was probably very, very uh, uh, weak in structure. So when the Mars rover started to drill into the ground, the entire rock disintegrated and turned to sand and dust. And so you see a little bit of the remains in the hole, and then probably the rest is just outside of the hole, forming a little you know, crater around the, the drilling hole. And that, it just, it, it pulverized uh, so that was unexpected. They really thought they were going to uh, gather some rocks, and now they are going to move the the whole rover to a different location 
And of course, you want to be a little bit further away from the from this place. Otherwise, you're going to have a lot of these failed probing efforts. Um, and I think at the beginning of September, they'll do another test, and they're they're going to try to get some real rocks on board this time. So I just keep being entertained by this. Uh, I, 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 I'm so glad I'm not one of those scientists because it must be such a shock. It's like, what? what? Where's the stuff? Where's our rock? Where's our stone? But I love reading about it and then seeing how these scientists, you know, go from panic to, well, let's figure this out. I think that's the right attitude. That's what scientists do. That's what we should all do. If something is unexpected or we cannot we have no explanation before we come up with all sorts of esoteric uh theories let's first use science let's use the brain that god gave us to try to figure this out and see if there is a logical explanation for this that's why in the x-files um i'm more scully than Mulder, and probably will always be <laughs> although uh you know just the idea that there are some extraterrestrials out there and flying spaceships it's of course much more fun but uh there's just not much reason to believe in those things we are on the cutting edge of technology wow well what does that mean let's plug it in it's going to say hey i see you plugged in a new device and it's going to load in the appropriate drivers. You'll notice that this scanner built... Whoa. Well, all your technology stuff just ends in disaster. But there is one more thing. I want to talk a little bit about technology. And now I'm not going to talk about the iPhone 13 that is probably going to be revealed um, in a few weeks from now. Usually September, I think it's the Apple week. And all rumors indicate that it's just going to be an upgrade of the iPhone 12. It will have some interesting video uh, capabilities, which is something that I already kind of knew that Apple was going to do. Uh, they're doing so much post-processing on photos and on on videos that the, the faster the processor is, the more they can do those tricks in real time. And that, of course, makes it possible to also apply a lot of the trickery that they now apply to photos to video. So, for instance, one of the rumored new features of the iPhone 13 is uh, like live blurring of the background. This is something that you see oftentimes in these chat applications like Zoom and Skype does it as well, I think, where it kind of detects the, the, the shape of your body and your head and it will automatically blur the background or even replace it. You also see it in TikTok a lot. But it's, it's not very pretty. It's not very precise and definitely wouldn't hold up in a professional uh, environment. But of course, uh, the iPhone, or at least the more expensive iPhones, have the LiDAR scanner, which is kind of a very advanced type of 3D scanning technique. And if they can apply that to the selfie camera, then, yeah, I believe that they can do live blurring. They can create a bokeh effect, even though normally for that you would need a much, much faster lens. So for someone who's often using a phone to film and even to film for TV, I'm looking, I'm really looking forward to to see if Apple can, can pull that off because it would make an iPhone even more uh, a device that you could use uh, instead of a camera, instead of a, a, a bulky... Um, a complicated camera to lug around. It's so much easier to just have your phone because 
I noticed that while I was walking to Santiago. I would have never been able to film that entire experience with a regular camera because it's just too heavy and too bulky. You don't have the time. But a small phone, you carry your phone everywhere. So I'm also going to try to film my vacation in France with my, with, mostly with my phone, although I do think that this time I'm also going to bring my, my regular camera um, because I'm, I'm traveling by car. So normally when I, f- when I go by, by airplane, I have to, uh, to, to be very strict with what I take on because I, I all, only want to take uh, carry-on luggage. I never take um, uh, the big, uh, the, what is it, the big luggage. Uh, uh, how do you call these things? Valise en France. Uh, bag? It's not just my nose that is stuffed. It's my entire brain. Uh, <laughs> the oh gosh, I don't know. Anyway, so uh, but but I I already know that I'm going to take a lot of video footage with my phone. I wasn't going to talk about the iPhone 13. Instead, I want to talk about two other devices that I bought for my PC here. One is a Logitech um, flight stick. I saw this uh, uh, on sale, a very, very deep disc discount. So I picked it up for 24 euros. And I was, uh, this is one device that I really wanted to try out with some of the flight simulators that I have. Uh, so I've got the Microsoft Flight Simulator as part of my subscription to the Game Pass. And uh, that's always been a dream of mine to just fly airplanes. Um, uh, and and uh, even on the ZX Spectrum, which was one of my first computers, I, I already was playing with these flight simulators. And you, the only thing you saw were some some lines and dots. But it just fascinated me that I I could imagine myself flying around there. And of course, we all saw these these real flight ship simulators that were used for training of pilots. And and as a child, I was so so fascinated by that. And and when I went to see Star Wars, I, I just dreamed of one day being able to to fly around in my own uh, X-wing fighter, um, just like these pilots could could do with their Boeing's, uh, you know, in the flight simulator. Well, that time is now. You can actually have that experience, and there are a ton of flight simulators, both based on real airplanes and also science fiction, you know, uh, spaceships that you can fly that will work in in VR. But of course. Using a regular game controller for that kind of stuff is not very realistic and sometimes even very hard to fly. I tried it with the uh, uh, squadrons, Star Wars squadrons, and I just got turned off because it's it's so such a hassle to aim with uh, a, a regular game controller. Those have, are not made for flying. So I tried this one out. I think I even streamed it on YouTube. And the difference was tremendous. It was so much more intuitive to fly around with a flight stick than it had been u- using the keyboard. So I want to try this also on Microsoft Flight Simulator and some other games. I've got uh, Elite uh, Elite Dangerous, which is also a very popular game. Uh, which It's kind of like the flight equivalent of having a steering wheel for, for games like uh, Euro Truck Simulator. Um, it, it, it makes for a totally different experience and makes it much more intuitive to drive around and with this flight stick to fly around. So um, I'm very ha- happy with that purchase. Something more mm, down-to-earth that I bought was um, a 
SSD, an external SSD. Now, an SSD is a hard drive, but instead of having moving parts, magnetic parts, um, it just has chips. And a lot of computers nowadays, like almost every uh, laptop, has SSDs built in because they're, they don't have any moving parts, so they don't break. Um, they're very energy efficient, um, sturdy, and fast, really, really fast. Now, I am editing... Uh, this new TV season for the first time with 4K footage. My cameraman has filmed everything in 4K. I'm still filming in HD because, well, my M50 cannot really handle 4K. Can't do it, but you need a very quick, fast uh, memory card and it has a huge crop. So it's just not practical. It doesn't have stabilization. So, But I, with the footage of the cameraman, I do have to work with 4K. And that is something that my even my fast PC cannot handle. Um, <clears throat> it's funny how much of a difference two years of technology makes because this computer is about two or three years old and it's already struggling. Even It's struggling with HD, so it's struggling even more with 4K, especially if you do color correction and filters. <clears throat> but I read somewhere... Oh, actually, it was on TikTok. It's what I learned on TikTok uh, from from a tutorial on on Premiere that you can create these what they call proxies, which is a of kind of like a copy of your video files, but in a much much lower resolution format. So it's much easier for your computer to process. And once you made your edit, you can then render, and the, and the program will know. Well, instead of using these proxies, I need to go to the original and then render that. But that, of course something that happens while I'm sleeping, so I don't mind. But it makes for a much more smooth editing process. The only other hiccup uh, was caused by the fact that this PC has a uh, hard drive, an internal hard drive. It has an SSD for the operating system for Windows. But back then, three years ago, the SSDs were very, very expensive. So there's an 128 gig SSD in there, which at the time was big. Now it's considered to be almost too small to bother. Um, and then the main hard drive is a very slow 5 terabyte hard drive, and it's got 5,200 RPMs, that's rotations per minute, um, which means it's even for a regular hard drive, it's on the slow side. And since while I'm video editing, there's constant communication between the, the program and the hard drive, it also slowed down editing so I was dreading the time that I had to use 4k footage with that so my old way of editing no longer applies to this new to this uh, new footage but then I, I I remembered that this this PC has a USB-C 3.1 uh, port which I, at the time was also not common um, and it's slightly faster, it has a faster throughput than the rest of the USB ports on this motherboard. And so I read that if I connect um, an SSD to that USB-C port, um, it, it's much, much faster than the, tech, the, like the, what is it, the physical hard drive that's in there. And so uh, I spent last week uh, a number of uh, days transferring all the footage that I need for this new season to the SSD hooked up to the, the PC, and I created the proxies, and <laughs> what a difference! What a massive... I, I really thought that I would need to buy another computer. Um, 
and I was actually eyeing the M1 uh, Max because they the, the the new chip and the newer uh, Macintoshes or the Apples are are so so very very good at at calculating um, and working with video material. But now I can just relax and wait for the newest iteration, or maybe you won't get one of those uh, MacBooks, you know, the the MacBook Pros. Um, which are rumored to have, you know, like an SD card reader, and that's stuff that I really that withhold me from buying a, a laptop right now from Apple. Um, so I I can just continue to work with this SSD on this computer, and it's so fast, and it's it's a dream to use. So maybe in, when the prices of the SSDs go go down, and they will certainly go down. There's currently a uh, hardware. Uh, issue all over the world because of the corona situation there are there is a chronic lack of of elements that that all these computer builders and hardware builders need but over time of course that's gonna that's gonna be solved they're building factories all over the world so uh, when these prices go down i may in my next computer just not have any physical hard drives anymore which also will give me some peace of mind because i've just lost another external hard drive, which fortunately I'd backed up, but it just stopped working at one point, and, and, and there was like four terabyte of data on it. So again, proved that it doesn't, the question is not if your physical hard drive will fail, but just when. And in my case, it's I think number four or five that I've lost to hardware problems. So yeah, I'm in for something a little bit safer. That wraps it up for this episode. Thank you so much for uh, listening. For my patrons, I will record another episode of Father Roderick to the Max, which you can find in the special feed that will be yours if you sign up with the Patreon. Thanks for listening. See you next week.